0: This is The Ed Milet Show. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm excited. You know why? It's going to be you and I today. And I haven't done that in quite a while. Those of you that are fans of the show or have listened to it for a long time, you know that back in the day, I often did what we call solo episodes, where I created messages and content on the show every week and didn't just do interviews so I covered everything from blissful dissatisfaction to unlocking your success code. I mean, everything I did, how to be happier, how to max out your life. I did time management and how to get three days in one and how to be a better listener. I've created all kinds of content, but as the show grew and quite frankly, as I started to coach more and more people in the Arte Syndicate, I did fewer solo episodes and reserved sort of my coaching and mentoring for the Arte Syndicate and did more interviews. And that will be the case going forward. But so many of you have been messaging me on social media saying, hey, could you please just have a show where it's you, where you talk to us about your thoughts, your concepts, your strategies, during what is really a unique and difficult time. And so, yes, that's what we're gonna do today. I'm gonna just throw you a bunch of disorganized ideas I have and thoughts I have that I think can help you thrive during what are you know, challenging times. And by the way, no matter when you're listening to this, here's the irony, no matter when you're listening to this, whether it's right when I recorded it in 2022 or three years later, there will be trying times, there will be difficulties, there will be things to overcome. And that's why, first thing I want you to write down is outlast the temporary, outlast the temporary, outlast the temporary. Everything in life is temporary. In fact, our physical body is temporary. And So every single element of our lives are temporary, but the more we think things become permanent, the more the pressure accumulates on us. We can never get out of this. I'm permanently going to be broke. I'm permanently going to be unhappy. I'm permanently overweight. The world is permanently going to be in turmoil. My business is permanently going to fail. It's just a lie. You have to outlast the temporary. All pain is temporary. All things are temporary. And that's something that's really difficult to get our arms around. But if you really think about it, your body is temporary, at some point, your body will no longer exist. So everything in life is temporary, and once you embrace that, it changes your perspective on everything. So I'm gonna share so much with you guys today, and it's great to be back with you one-on-one. Before I do that, I should tell you that this calling I have in my heart, as you know, I do this show, I do really everything I do in my public life to serve people, I certainly don't do it for money. I was wealthy way before I started to do any of this stuff, and it's not a significant part of my income. But one of the things I am doing currently that's sort of never been done before is I have a book coming out June 1st called The Power of One More. And I believe this book is going to change the world. It's, you know, if you've all read Think and Grow Rich before, I love Napoleon Hill. In fact, I'm going to read out of his book to you today as part of my message. I love Think and Grow Rich. But I always felt like, yeah, you got to think and grow rich, but you got to act and do specific things to get rich. And rich, by the way, means happiness, bliss, uh, financial, relationship, emotions, whatever rich means to you. And so I've written a book called The Power of One More. It comes out June 1st, but you can pre-order it right now. And that book, I believe, is revolutionary. It's really the first ever book, in my opinion, written that puts thoughts and actions in congruency. And I legitimately, in this book, give you tons of different thoughts and actions that if you do them simultaneously, they create change. And uh, it's really my life's work in one book. And here's what I'm doing, just to share this with you, and I, you know, maybe I'll mention it later in the show or not. I believe this book could change your life, at least improve it for sure, might change the world. But to make sure you wanna pre-order, it's number one on Amazon right now, but make sure you pre-order it, I'm gonna do something crazy, which is I'm doing an event May 27th, it's a virtual event for most people, although there is some in-person seating on May 27th. This event includes myself, will be teaching and speaking, Eric Thomas, Andy Fursella, Mel Robbins, Rob Deirdick, Jenna Kutcher, Maria Menounos, uh, I think John Gordon, I don't know if I have mentioned the multi and a bunch of other people. And here's the deal: if you pre-order my book, I know this is crazy. You get to go to the event for free. I'm not kidding. You're in the entire event for free. There's no upsell. This is one of the events where we're going to sell you stuff when you're there. It's just to serve, just to pour out to you. So go to the go to the website, thepowerofonemore.com, or you can go to maxoutlive.com. And if you go there, if this is after May 27th, go to thepowerofonemore.com. But if it's before that, you can go to powerofonemore.com or maxoutlive.com. It'll show you what to do. If you pre-order your book, you put your name in there, you're into the event. And then if some of you want to go to the event, there's other packages where if you buy pre-order enough books, you can come in person. Then There's a VIP in person. There's one if you buy a bunch, bunch of books, you come to dinner with me that night. But anyway, pre-order the book. It's going to change your life anyway. And if you do that, my gift to you is this event that is just unprecedented with the best of the best. And I'll add some others as well. And you get to go for free if you pre-ordered the book. So that's nuts. Okay, now let's get into stuff because that book, by the way, will be part of the change of your life. The name of today's show, what I want you to write down, I think this will just you know, potentially really serve you, is that this, write this down, success requires no apologies, failure permits no alibis. Success requires no apologies, failure permits no alibis. Where'd I get that from? It's not mine. It's actually out of the book think and grow rich that i've just referenced earlier one of the original versions i'm holding up my dear friend robin sharma sent to me and so that is not my quote i can't stand when people use my content and quotes and don't give me credit that's not my quote that's out of think and grow rich but the theme of today is that listen success requires no apologies and failure permits no alibis we can't be making alibis and so how do we create change in our life how do we how do we make moves through this difficult times because no matter what time you're listening to this it'll be trying there's always things to overcome that's what life's about One of the things in Think and Grow Rich that I love is in the book, this is so profound, and I hope this gives you hope, that in the book, he talks about going through adversity, going through trials and tribulations. And he ends up saying in the book that if you can get to the other side of these trials, if you don't quit, that you get introduced to your other self, your other self. And so what if it is that all of the tragedies, trials, tribulations, difficulties in our lives are all set up there? So that on the other side of it, there's another version of us. On the other side of it, we get introduced to our other self. I'm 51 years old when this comes out. And I must tell you that I've been introduced to many different versions of me. And the only way I got to those versions of me was to have to go through something difficult that tried me, that pushed me, that caused me to question myself, doubt myself, almost give in, almost resist. If you think about it for you, the things you have achieved in your life, where you are today, this version of you has been put together, has been developed, has been created because of the things you learned, the things you went through, the lessons you gained through difficult times. So when you're hitting these difficult times, just remember on the other side of this time, whatever it is for you is your other self. How beautiful is that? And when you step back and look at one's entire life, even if you have children and you all were a child at one point, think about the difficult things and you got introduced to that other version of you. I remember going to high school so scared. There was this whole thing when I was going to high school, they would put the freshman in trash cans, you know, and I didn't know anybody. And, you know, was anybody going to like me? But the person who walked in my freshman year of high school, I think you'll agree, a totally different person walked out my senior year. I got introduced to my other self and then when I started my business journey you know there's one guy that started and then after the first trial and tribulation I pushed through I got introduced to another self of me and then another self and then another self and then another self in relationships you've been introduced to other selves of you once you've gotten through them or learned from them and so what you're going through right now the beauty of it is it's preparing this other self this better version of you And you gotta remind yourself of this because it's so easy not to want to outlast the temporary. I did a big long coaching call with Arte Syndicate on this. I'm not gonna get into what I covered there. I'm gonna cover different things today. But I just want you to think about this for a second. Without it, it's just you all the way through life. There's no change, there's no growth. So this trial, this thing that you're going through, or maybe just this thing you're trying to accomplish. Maybe it doesn't even feel trying. Maybe you're just trying to accomplish something that's difficult, right? The other self is on the other side of that. And I just want to tell you, chase that version of you, chase that person, embrace it. And when you see this adversity coming at you, right, see it for what it really is. It's this introduction to the new you waiting for you on the other side of it. I love one of the things I'm going to read to you out of Napoleon Hill's book a little bit right here, but he says, uh, and again, a lot of this stuff was written for, you know, back in the day where we, he would say men instead of people, but, He says, uh, if the first plan which you adopt does not work successfully, replace it with a new plan. If this plan fails to work, replace it, and in turn with it, another, and so on, until you find a plan which does work. Right here is at the point at which the majority of men, people, meet with failure because of their lack of persistence in creating new plans to take the place of the old ones which fail. The most intelligent man living cannot succeed in accumulating money nor in any other undertaking without plans, which are practical and workable. And his point in the chapter was, this is where most people quit. This is where most people give in. They surrender at the sign of adversity rather than pivot, rather than innovate, rather than create a new plan, they give in. And what costs you when you give in is you rob the world and you of this other self. Those are my words, not him in this case. But that's what gets robbed. And quitting becomes a habit. It's habitual. When you quit on one thing, you'll quit on other things. And so finish, adopt, adapt all the time in your life. I want to share something with you. Why do we get so worked up? Why do we, let me share something with you. You have emotions that you're familiar with. Okay? And some of these emotions serve you and some of them don't serve you. It's called your emotional home is what I call it. And oftentimes in our lives, we will find a way to get that emotion we're addicted to. Our heart and our emotions move towards what we are most familiar with. I'm gonna cover this in two places today for you. And I hope that this is one of these life-changing shows where you're like, yeah, man, I'm glad he didn't interview somebody today. This is better. So I have to say this to you. You have an emotional home. And it's important to take an inventory of what is that home, because you find a way to get it every week, whatever those emotions are. They could be peace, joy, ecstasy, passion right? All those great emotions that you could have. And by the way, they aren't good and bad, They're just some service and some don't. Then there's other ones, pain, fear, anxiety, worry, depression, frustration, anger. You all know people, as I described those emotions, you thought of different people, didn't you? When I said anger, you thought of someone, you know, who's regularly angry. When I said fearful or depressed, you thought of somebody, maybe you thought of you. And so if you have this primary emotion that you're getting on a regular basis, you find a way to get it don't you? You do. No matter what's going on, you find a way at some point during your week to get your fear. Why? Because it's familiar. And we move towards what's familiar. This is how human beings are. So the reason we want to go through difficulties is because if at the other end of that, we can get another self, maybe we can get another emotion. Because self is really emotions. What you really don't want is a jet or cash. You, you want how you think that will make you feel. What you really don't want is just a relationship. It's how you think the relationship will make you feel. You don't just want to win that contest you're in right now. It's how you think it'll make you feel. So what you're chasing is the emotions. See, I know people with absolutely no money who feel rich. I know a bunch of people with a lot of money who feel broke, right? So what we're really chasing is our emotions. So for me, I'm how do you do that? You become very intentional, about what they are. You become intentional. My primary emotion I'm chasing right now that I can experience anytime I want, but I don't have to chase it. That's, that word's probably not well said. I can experience anytime I want because it exists within me is peace. And when I'm not getting peace, I get intentional about seeking it. I'm not gonna do things in my life anymore that on the other end of it can't acquire me more peace. I may lack some as I do it, but I'm gonna get more of it on the other side of it. Starting to become intentional. And I'll share with you. We all have emotions that don't serve us. We all do. One of mine is chaos. I love chaos. Isn't that interesting? I love chaos. I just realized this as an adult. Like, I always create chaos in my life. Why? I thrive. I always say I thrive in chaos because I do. I'm familiar with it. Why do I always create chaos, even when things are great? It's like, nope. I got to do this. I got to do that. I get create a chaotic state. I create chaos around me. I've become aware of this. Why? Because chaos is familiar to me. Why is chaos familiar to me? Because to some extent in my childhood, it was chaotic. Most of you know that my dad was an alcoholic, greatest guy in the world, sober for 35 years after that. But in my early upbringing, it was chaotic. It was unstable. I didn't know, is he coming home? Is he not coming home? What moods are you gonna be in? Are mom and dad gonna stay married? You know, all those kinds of things. And it was chaotic and I became familiar with chaos. And so I find a way in my given week or my month or my day to find chaos. Don't I? And I do. Anybody that knows me knows that's true. And I thrive in it. Chaos, by the way, can be used positively. Chaos has caused me to become wealthy. Chaos has caused me to not want to be overweight and to be fit. Sometimes that chaos, I've learned to thrive in it. But you have to ask yourself, and I had to ask myself, do I want to live all my life in chaos? No. And then I got intentional. If the chaos doesn't serve me that way, what emotions do I want? I want more joy. I want more laughter. I want more peace. And so I'm intentional about getting it. And I'm aware when I'm starting to generate chaos unintentionally. And that awareness for me, that awareness causes it to lose its power over me. So in your case, I would ask you, what emotion is your emotional home that you get the most regularly? Is it really joy? Is it really peace? Is it really ecstasy, passion, right? Or do you get a little bit familiar with worry, anger, frustration, melancholy, whatever you want to call it? fear, right? And once you know that, ask yourself, what are the emotions I would want to experience on a regular basis and get intentional about them and become aware when you're doing the ones you don't think serve you, all right? And then ask yourself this, what would I have to think or believe in order to generate that emotion, right? Because a lot of times we have thoughts that don't serve us. Thoughts generate emotions, right? It's not an event, that generates the quality of our life. There's an event, then there is our perception of the event, our thought about it, which creates the emotion. So it's not the events of our lives. You can be going through a very difficult time and have peace. You can go through a very difficult time and feel strong. It's being intentional about it. And so I would challenge you to begin to think about, what would I need to think? What do I normally think that causes me? And I'm gonna tell you in a minute. What do I normally think that causes me to get this emotion that creates stress for me? And what would I need to think in order to get the ones I want when the same stimulus happens? So in think and grow rich, he says there are six basic fears, by the way, in the power of one more, I show you how to overcome these fears with daily strategies. So it's not just the thought it's the action you would take. I mirror the thought in congruency with the action. And that's why the power of one more, is such a really unique book. Having said that, These are the six basic fears, according to Napoleon Hill, and they're really interesting. He says, there are six basic fears with some combination of which every human suffers at one time or another. Most people are fortunate if they do not suffer from the entire six. Named in the order of their most common appearance, they are. This is interesting in sequence. The number one fear is the fear of poverty. And just process that. Do you have the fear of poverty? Do you have the fear that whatever you're going through right now, you're going to be broke? You're going to fear that you're going to run out of money, that you're not going to eat or whatever it might be. The fear of poverty. Number two, the fear of criticism. Right. By the way, these are the bottom, not the top, excuse me. The fear of criticism. Do you have any of that? The fear of ill health. Okay, so those are the bottom three, not the top three. Bottom three. Fourth fear, the fear of loss of love of someone. In other words, someone you love will no longer love you. Okay. Five, the fear of old age, getting old and missing your prime, missing your moment, missing your life. And then lastly, the fear of death. And so those are the six fears. Poverty, criticism, bad health, loss of the love of someone, old age, and death. And usually, I think you'll find that when you're experiencing stress and anxiety, it's born out of one of those fears. And I know you're sitting there going, Ed, this is damn good. Thank you for doing the show today. I hope you are. And if you do feel that, share it. Fastest growing show in the world, share it. So I'm aware of the fears that I have. And that's why success requires no apologies. I'm not worried about criticism. And failure permits no alibis. There are no alibis, there are no excuses there just aren't any. And you go, but Ed, you don't understand. I do have this excuse. I do have this issue. I do have this situation that isn't fair for me. By the way, you're probably right. And if you think it, you're definitely right. What you have to ask yourself is, does it serve you to believe that? Or what would you need to believe in spite of that? If you say, well, hey, I started too late. I don't have enough money. What if you started to think, man, what a story this is going to be that I started with no money? Or you know what? I'm a particular group of people that's marginalized and it's more difficult for me. I would just submit to you that isn't the story going to be sweeter when you do win? Isn't it going to even be more inspiring when you do win? Isn't it going to move more people? Isn't your test going to be your testimony? Whatever this thing is, that is the alibi that you have in your life, whatever it is, someone hurt me, this overcame, I'm in this situation, you don't understand my health situation. Listen, If it serves you to believe that, keep believing it. But as your friend and your coach and a mentor to you and someone who loves you and cares about you, I would say this does not serve you, even if it's true. Even if it's true. What would you need to believe about it that now gives you power instead of kryptonite? And you begin to ask yourself these questions. So, you know, you're going to show up. So that's one thing. You're going to show up 20 years from now somewhere. The question is where, and what I would submit to you is that one of the ways out of difficult times is huge, bold, God-sized dreams. Like what is your huge, bold, the one you're embarrassed to tell people, the huge, bold, God-sized dream in your life. And the more of it you begin to project into that dream state of what you want in your life, the more it gives you the inspiration. If your dreams are bigger than the adversity, you'll get through it. But the minute that adversity, those emotions are bigger than where you're going, bigger than your dreams, you're toast you got to reevaluate that. You got to look at it. You got to say, "Wait a minute. What's my big dream? What's my big goal? What's that big emotion? What's that thing? What's that place? What's that person? What's that contribution? Whatever it might be." And you got to begin to obsess about it because what I said earlier is true. Your mind moves towards what it's most familiar with. So if you're most familiar with your fears, those six fears or these emotions you don't want or your problems or your setbacks or the things that are are not in your favor, then you're going to move towards them. Let me say that to you again. You may be right about this adversity. You may be right about your circumstance. You may be right about all that. But does it serve you to believe it? Because the way the mind works is it moves towards what it's most familiar with. And the reason some people are successful and most aren't is the successful people have the ability to begin to program into their mind the things they want, the dreams they have over and over and over because they know this to be true. They belong in their dreams. Their dreams are not some hallucination. They're not a joke. God gave you those dreams as a glimpse, as a preview of what's possible in your life. And the more you understand, these dreams don't just come from me. How do I have these dreams? Where'd they come from? They come from God in your life or whatever you believe about that. I'm a Christian. I believe they come straight from Jesus, straight from God. But whatever your faith is, the universe, whatever you believe, they come from outside of you and they're not a joke. They're a preview of what's possible. And the more you move towards those thoughts, those dreams in faith, boldly, strong, and not towards the six fears you have or this circumstance. And I'm not talking about don't deal with reality. I'm not saying, I already said, you need to pivot. You need to course correct. You need a better plan. Clearly, you need a better plan. But what you don't need is to be moving towards the thoughts that don't serve you because you keep getting them, don't you? You keep drawing the circumstances into your life that don't serve you because your mind moves you towards what you're familiar with please, sister, I love you. Please, brother, listen to what I'm saying. Begin to feed these thoughts to you regularly and begin to take the actions in congruency with them. And when you begin to think and act in congruency, you become a force in the world that is unstoppable eventually, if you can outlast the temporary, not right away. See, there's two things people lack. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. People lack vision, but oftentimes when they get a vision, the other thing that they suffer from is depth perception issues. They think it's further than it is. They think they're further away than they really are. And so they pace themselves and they act like it and they don't let their mind go there regularly. And so they constantly stay in a perpetual state of being far from it. The premise of my book, The Power of One More is very simple when you get it. And it's this, you're a lot closer to your dreams than you think. You're a lot closer to these emotions these feelings, that life, that other self than you think you are. And let me tell you what you are. You're one decision away, one possible meeting, one relationship, one thought, one emotion, one strategy in my new book away from changing it. You're a lot closer than you think. So stop thinking it so far away and stop thinking about all the things all the time that don't serve you, right? By the way, what is thinking? And how do I think better? What's a thought? A thought is the process of asking yourself a question and answering it. So ask yourself better questions and you will have better thoughts and better answers. So if you do have this detriment, that's, that's just, this thing, that's just, it's a hindrance and you know, it's a hindrance and it's a challenge, or you're going through something, right? That's okay. The question is ask yourself a better question about it. Instead of saying, that's why I'm going to lose. It's how can I overcome this? What are the answer to this? Who are people like me that have won? Who's over? What is my story going to look like when I win? How's it going to feel when I get there? What's the tactic or strategy that I need to implement to overcome this that other people don't, but I'm going to because I deserve to get there because these dreams are a preview of who I'm supposed to be. So get these familiar thoughts, get these familiar emotions, know that all pain is temporary, outlast the temporary, right? And remember this, You're gonna arrive to this place in 20 years. You're gonna arrive there. The question is, who are you gonna be when you get there? What's your life gonna look like? What are you gonna look like? Who of you have helped? What will you have achieved? What will the memories be you had? And most importantly, what will the emotions be that you get to possess at that time? And by the time you get there, who is that other self? I'll submit to you, there's four characters for the most part you could show up as in four years, or excuse me, in 20 years. There's four characters most people show up in their lives as. I'll give you who I think they are. Number one person they show up as in 20 years is invisible. They're invisible. No one knows them. No one knows anything they've achieved. No one's kept a record of their life. And I'm not talking about big things. I'm talking about small things. It's that kind phone call that you make in the morning to a friend you haven't talked to in a long time. You're no longer invisible to them. It's that helping somebody in need when no one will see you doing it. When it's an invisible gesture, you're no longer invisible because you're making deposits in this other self. You're making deposits in this dream version of you. You are reaping what you sow, but many people show up in their lives. Their entire life is invisible. That's one person you could show up as. Ask yourself, am I willing to let whatever I'm going through right now or what's ever going on in the world, what's ever going on in the economy, what's ever going on in my mind, what's ever going on in my family, cause me to show up 20 years from now invisibly? No one knows me. I've made no difference in other people's lives. Is that what you were born to do? Is that that glimpse of the dream in your life? Absolutely not. Remind you of something. You were born to do something great with your life. I am no different than you. No man or woman is different than you. We're the child of the same God. We are all born to do something great with our lives in big ways and in what most people think are small ways. These quiet gestures you do every day for other people that the rest of the world doesn't see on Instagram and it doesn't get you on YouTube and it doesn't get a million views, but you're not invisible to them. You were not born to be invisible. Second person you could show up as in 20 years is a victim. You could have this story in 20 years. I was a victim, a victim of people, a victim of my life, a victim of my circumstances, a victim, a victim, a victim. And if you believe that about yourself and you keep moving towards those thoughts, you will sh- surely repeat them and you will show up 20 years in your life. And as an example to your family, people who believed in you, your children, your grandchildren, your parents, your grandparents, your ancestors, and you will show up in 20 years as a victim. Something tells me that's not what you were born to be. Something tells me you were born to do something great, and you are not a victim, and you're gonna rise above. And the fact that you rose above whatever you have to rise above, that divorce, that setback, that lack of education, that whatever, that marginalized group, that setback, that bankruptcy, that bad decision you've made, you're gonna have one heck of a story, and you are not gonna be a victim. And you're going to inspire a bunch of people who are invisible, who feel like victims, aren't you? That's the power of what you're going through. What if you were given this because there's an other self of you that's even greater than most people could imagine? Remember, the extent to what you have to overcome is the degree of who that other self is. The extent to what you have to overcome is in direct correlation to the degree of that other self. So the more you overcome, the greater that other self is. Third person you could show up as is a hero. And that's a pretty good thing. You show up, people, you're not invisible, you're not a victim. People know you. You got whatever it is. You got the great body, you got the great relationship, you got the big jet, you got the money, you show up as a hero. Many people in life aspire to be the hero of their story. See, we're always telling ourselves a story about our lives, aren't we? We're the lead character in the story of our lives. And so many people keep telling the story from the past. And they repeat that story because they move towards it. Or they tell the story of the victim or the story of the invisible. And they repeat this character over and over again. But then a lot of people start to tell the story of the hero. I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to win. I'm going to make something great with my life. And that's a powerful time in our lives. And a lot of people can get there. You see them on social media, you see them on television, you see them at your church, you see them in your community, you see them as the coach, you see them as the teacher. They become a hero in their life. You could show up as a hero and that's a darn good life. And it's an option you could pursue. See, a lot of times in families, when you look at families that have won, in your life you go man that family's rich you see this house living on these people living on the beach or they're traveling here so then you go man who are these people I say who are these people you just remember this happy and successful families eventually rich families eventually they came from someone who wasn't rich who wasn't happy all people that you see that are rich happy or successful eventually there's someone way back in their family who wasn't And then the one showed up, then the one I've talked about this before. The one person shows up in a family says, Nope, I'm the hero. I'm the one. I change our family tree forever. I make my family proud of me. I change our generational wealth. I change our emotions. I change the example people in our family are going to want to be like me. I'm the one. And guys, I'll tell you in my family, I'm the damn one. And you know what? Not only about getting rich, not only about making a difference, but people in my family now think differently than they used to think. They don't think the same like they used to. They think bigger thoughts. They think about serving people. They think about making a difference. They believe their life can be great because I refuse to be invisible. I refuse to be a victim. Yeah, I'm the son of an alcoholic. Yeah, I had a difficult upbringing. Yeah, nobody knew my family. Yeah, we weren't rich. Yeah, not a lot of education in my family. Yeah, well, I'm not invisible. And well, I'm not a victim. And I became a hero in my family and so can you. You could be the one. You can be the one. When you start hitting that wall, you start thinking, no, I'm the one. I'm the one who doesn't quit. I'm the one who doesn't give in. I'm the one who keeps growing. I'm the one who keeps dreaming when everyone thinks I'm crazy. I'm the one. And you hold on to that being the one. You become the hero. That's an amazing life. You change your family tree forever. It's not the wealth, although it is. It's not the options and the choices. It's the memories, it's the moments, it's the contribution. But most importantly, it's the identity of your family. They don't think the same anymore. They got different thoughts. They operate differently. Their view of the world is different. Who they think they can become is different because of your example. See, I'll give you the fourth one in a minute, but let me tell you, there's really, there's four stages of people in in life. There's the people that are just kind of, you know, they're just going through life, unaware, not concerned. Then there's people who become motivational. Motivational people achieve things. They play to motives, motives like get a car. You know, if you do this, you get a car, you get a house, you get money, you get a body. Motivational people are awesome. The level beyond that, though, is inspirational. Inspirational people move people like I hope I'm doing with you today. The the root of inspiration is to be in spirit, to move people spiritually, to touch their heart, to move their emotions, to lend yourself, to move them with their higher other self, not just their motives of stuff but things in spirit, making a difference in people's lives. Inspirational people are very, very rare. See, most people are that dead stage that is drift through life. Then there's a very small percentage that are motivated people and they achieve things and they have a good life. Much smaller group is inspirational, where they inspire, they move people. You can't feel it, you just it's an energy you feel, you can't describe it, but you feel it, it's inspirational. And then there's a really small group that's reserved for the highest level, which is aspirational people. Aspirational people aren't just motivational or inspirational. They're aspirational, meaning that you want to be and aspire to be like them. Those are the people that change the world. The people that change the world aren't motivational. They're not quite inspirational anymore. They've moved past that. They do motivate. They do inspire but they aspire, people aspire to be like them. That's who I wanna be like, that's who I wanna act like, that's the kind of person I wanna be. And I would challenge you to move through these stages. If you're not motivated, become motivational and inspirational and eventually aspirational. And when you become the one for your family, when you become the hero, which is level three, you've moved into an aspirational space in your life. And then the fourth level is awesome. And that's called servant leader. And that's when you get to a point in your life where you're no longer invisible. You've moved all kinds of people in their dreams. You've become the hero for your family. And then you determine you want to dedicate your life in the service of other people exclusively. You want to aspire, inspire and aspire people to be like you. And this is where I would challenge you to want to move, become an aspirational person and eventually become a servant Leader in your life. That's the highest level of the other self. And so these are all the things that I wanted to share with you today in moving towards them. And the last thing I want to share with you is this I want you to remember something. All your dreams are buried in the deep end of the pool of your life. They're in the deep end. See, when I was a little guy, <laughs> I thought I would share this with you. When I was a little boy, I couldn't swim. I was a terrible swimmer. And I would show up to like team events, no joke, with a big life preserver on. I'm not kidding you. So we found you a picture little Eddie Milet, eight, nine years old. I would show up with a life preserver on, like a full-blown life preserver in the shallow end of the pool. Everyone's like, who is this kid? What is wrong with him? They're all in the deep end playing and swimming. And I'm in the shallow end floating around with this life preserver on. And then I remember telling my mom, this is embarrassing. I'm showing up to these parties and I'm the only one with this orange life preserver on. <laughs> and she goes, well, we can get you some floaties. And i'm telling you i'm eight nine years old and now i'm wearing floaties you know those arm floaties i'm in the shallow end of the pool floating around with floaties on can you picture this i got these floaties on in the shallow end of the pool just floating along while all my teammates and my friends are playing in the deep end having a great time looking back going i don't know what's wrong with little eddie my and i was so frustrated i couldn't learn to swim and finally my my dad's brother my uncle mike visited from the east coast And I said, Uncle Mike, we're at the pool. I said, I can't. He goes, What are you doing with these floaties on? My gosh, you're nine years old. What is wrong with you? I said, Uncle Mike, I can't swim. I'm afraid to swim. And he goes, You really? He goes, You want to learn to swim? I said, Yeah. And he grabs me, whoop, throws me in the deep end of the pool with nothing on, throws me, and he goes, Swim. I go, I don't know how to swim. He goes, Just swim, swim. And I'm struggling to swim. He goes, You got this. And I'm not jumping in to save you, so you better swim. And you know what? I figured a way to get to the side of the pool. And he goes, Now stop it. I ain't throwing you any floaties swim to the other side of the pool. And I'm doing this little doggy paddle kicking. I'm kind of going underwater. And he's, I'm sure he would have got me, but I wasn't sure then he was going to get me. And I made it just to the side of the pool, not the other end of the pool, just the side, like a 10 foot swim. Because goes, now swim back, now swim back. And I started to make it and started to move. And I'm like, well, and he goes, now I'll get in and teach you how to swim. Now I'll teach you how to correctly swim. And lo and behold, at the next party, I'm in the deep end. See, you want a mentor, you want someone to show up, you want people in your life to teach you, you got to jump in the deep end. You got to take the floaties off of your life. All your dreams, why didn't I want to go in the deep end? It was dangerous, it was rough, there was criticism there. I could drown. So I stayed and played it safe in the shallow end for years until I was literally thrown into the deep end. And once I was in the deep end, I wasn't prepared for it, but I found a way. And once I was in there trying my butt off to swim, to survive, that's when the mentor showed up. That's when he jumped in to help me learn how to swim. And so if you're sitting there today in the life, you are got to take the floaties off of your life and you got to jump in the deep end of the pool because at the bottom of that deep end is where all your dreams are buried. That's where that hero's buried. That's where that servant leader's buried. That's where that person everyone aspires to be is buried. And so that's why I started out by telling you today, success requires no damn apologies and failure permits no alibis. And so once I jumped in and I had no alibi, he threw me in and I had to find my way to the side of the pool. That's when the mentor showed up. That's when the coaching showed up. So my challenge to you today is to jump in the deep end, to take the floaties off in your life. You're not gonna drown. You will evolve, you will innovate, you will create, you will find a way, you cannot quit, you cannot give in. And all your dreams are in that deep end of the pool. Stay in the deep end, keep swimming, keep swinging, keep trying, keep evolving and outlast the temporary. These things that you're going through in the shallow end are temporary. And if you'll get into the deep end, you will find that you can outlast them. And on the other side of that are where all your dreams are. So I want to challenge you. Take the floaties off. Get in the deep end. And I was going to remind you of something. You were born to do something great with your life. Yes, you. Yeah, you on the treadmill. Yeah, you driving. Yeah, you there with your kids. Yeah, you, you precious soul. I do this show for you. I wrote my book for you. I do everything I do on social media for you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you swim. I'm here to help you Make the things happen in the deep end of your life. All those emotions you want are in the deep end. But you got to jump in. You got to jump in and swim with me. And if you do that, I'm here for you. And if you think I can help, if today helps you, would you please share this? I have a feeling the world needs to know what we're talking about here. And I would love to see you at my event on May 27th. All you got to do is pre-order the book. So go to thepowerofonemore.com or maxoutlive.com, pre-order the book. And let me help you that day as well. Every week on the show, I promise you, I'm going to bring you people that can change your life in different areas of your life. They're going to help you max out every area of your life, but you got to be in the deep end if we're going to make this thing happen. All right, y'all, please share the show. I want to challenge you to do something great with your life and know that I'm always here for you. And I hope you're here for each other. I hope you're here for each other as servant leaders, as heroes, as aspirational and inspirational people. We need more of you in the world. You want these world problems to start to diminish and go away? We need more servant leaders. We need more inspirational leaders. We need more people we aspire to be like. And we need more people helping each other in the deep end of the pool of their lives with their dreams. And we all come together and do something awesome. We were all born by the same God. We're the children of the same God. We deserve the greatest lives we were born to have. It's a preview of your dreams. All right. God bless you all. Max out. This is The Ed Milard Show.